Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Exco Technologies Limited First Quarter Result 2021. At this time, all participants are on a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press the star, then the one key on your touchstone telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require offer assistance, please press star, then zero. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today. So Darren Kirk, President and Chief Executive Officer. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Livia. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Exco Technology Limited's Fiscal 2021 First Quarter Conference Call. I am Darren Kirk, CEO of Exco. I will lead off with an operations overview. Matthew Posno, our CFO, will then review the financial results. The format of this call will be the same as in the past. After a brief presentation, we will take questions. The call will end no later than 10.40. First, I would like to make some comments about forward-looking information. In yesterday's news release and on page two of the presentation that we have posted to our website, you'll find cautionary notes in that regard. While I won't repeat the content of the cautionary notes, we do claim their protection for any forward-looking information we might disclose today. In summary, we had a very good quarter. Our earnings per share of 28 cents is the highest such figure in any of our first quarters in our history. I am particularly pleased with these these results given the ongoing challenges we are all facing with respect to COVID-19. I want to thank all of my Exco teammates for their fantastic efforts and of course commitment to working safely through such extreme circumstances. Before I start my quarterly operations overview, I would like to address the accelerating movement towards electric vehicles and the rise of several new non-traditional entrants into the EV market as it relates to Exco. I want to be clear that these changes are creating substantial opportunities for us. In fact, we are already seeing decent sales and strong order growth in each of our business segments from these trends. As it relates to our automotive solutions group, electric vehicles have much more cabin space, which is essentially additional real estate for us to sell our innovative and cost-effective products into. We have won programs for key content on several electric vehicle platforms, including with newer industry entrants. More encouragingly, customer discussions, quoting activity, and new program awards are all gaining steam. In our tooling group, both die-cast and extruded aluminum components are increasingly being used in a number of structural automotive applications. This is especially true for electric vehicles, but for internal combustion engine vehicles as well. Sure, the tooling we provide for engines and transmissions will inevitably decline, but this will occur only very slowly over a number of years. Growth in non-powertrain die-cast and extrusion applications, however, will greatly exceed this decline. In any event, our direct internal combustion engine powertrain tooling exposure currently makes up a very small proportion of our total operations, perhaps about 10 to 15% of consolidated sales. 
In addition, our products are getting larger and far more complex as the scale of application and engineering limits are pushed increasingly higher. This plays to our competitive advantage given our leading industry position in the engineering, design, and production of the various products we produce. Simply put, our customers are looking to us to help solve problems and we are responding. As it relates to the operations in our automotive solutions segment for the first quarter, market fundamentals were decent. On a combined basis, industry production volumes in North America and Europe were essentially flat compared with the prior year period. Segment revenues in the quarter were nonetheless higher by 11% year over year, which represents significant content for vehicle growth. New program launches helped achieve these results, and we have high content on several refreshed vehicle models. As well, contrary to our experience last quarter, we saw some inventory channels being restocked and perhaps to some degree overstocked as to mitigate against possible future supply chain disruptions. On the cost side, our margins benefited this quarter from higher, margin, sorry, higher volume levels and increased overhead absorption, favorable product mix shifts, and general efficiency improvements. As well, in our first quarter last year, we faced significant program launch inefficiencies and GM-related strike costs. We continue to experience major fluctuations in forecasts versus actual order releases again this quarter. This occurred as our customers struggled to anticipate demand and understand their own plant production limitations. These challenges were pushed down the supply base and placed strain on our production planning process. The intensity of this dynamic, however, did reduce through the quarter. Nonetheless, despite the disruption and increased costs to keep our labor safe, we rose to the challenge to satisfy our customer needs. Of note, our segment EBITDA margin improved to 17.5%, which is amongst the highest such figure we've ever achieved. Looking forward, combined North America and European vehicle production levels are expected to be up sizably for the year as industry production normalizes. I expect our growth will comfortably exceed this trend for the year helped by the launch of new programs in the following quarters that are above the size we would normally see. Further out, we remain deeply engaged in quoting new programs that we increasingly expect will contribute as size growth. In the casting and extrusion segment, overall market conditions continue to improve. This was true in both the extrusion and die cast production markets where order intake exceeded sales by a decent amount across the segment. Sales of Larger capital equipment within the extrusion channel remained relatively weak through much of the quarter, however. Nonetheless, order flow for these products picked up in December, which will bolster our sales in the quarters ahead. Our large mold group continued to see a delayed impact from the OEM production shutdowns in our third quarter of fiscal 2020. This impact is exacerbated by accounting rules, whereby we don't recognize revenue until the product is complete. I believe we've largely worked through this temporary suppression now and expect our large mold group sales will move higher in the quarters ahead as we complete work on our substantial order backlog. I would point out that while our segment sales were down year over year, they were up 15% sequentially. Despite the lower sales in the segment, profitability edged higher driven by favorable product mix, various efficiency improvements, more balanced production loads across our plants, and lower steel tariffs and surcharges, which are of which a significant component is passed through to the customer. 
Our segment EBITDA margin was again fairly strong in the quarter, coming in at 18%. While it is difficult to forecast this margin on a quarterly basis, we continue to expect the segment will realize overall revenue and EBITDA growth this year. On the capital deployment side, we continue to advance our various strategic priorities, including Castool's new Greenfield plant in Morocco, heat treatment facilities for several of our tooling group locations, and opportunistic purchases of capital equipment where we found deals. We didn't buy back any shares during the quarter, although we may in the quarters ahead. We remain interested in acquisitions, but have a lot on our plate with the organic growth initiatives we are currently pursuing. We intend to direct our growing cash flows toward these initiatives, but to the likely extent our cash flows still exceed this usage, we will gladly pad our balance sheet further, waiting for the right opportunities to develop. Lastly, I am extremely pleased to announce that yesterday our Board of Directors approved a $0.02 per share increase in our annual dividend to an annualized rate of $0.40 per share. This amount represents just 36% of Exco's trailing 12-month free cash flow and marks the 13th time Exco has increased its dividend in 12 consecutive years. As you are likely aware, that's an exclusive club. So, in summary again, we had a very first good, good first quarter with our year getting off to a record start. Despite the significant challenges we all face today and meaningful near-term risk in the broader market, we are very well positioned to continue this momentum in the quarters ahead. That concludes my operations overview. I will now pass the call over to Matthew to discuss the financial highlights of the quarter. Thank you, Darren. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Consolidated sales for the quarter ended December 31st were $121 million, an increase of $1 million. First quarter sales of automotive solution segment increased $7.8 million, or 11%, and the casting and extrusion segment sales were down $6.8 million, or 13%. Over the quarter, exchange rate movements had a negligible impact on sales. Consolidated net income for the first quarter was $10.9 million, or earnings of $0.28 cents per share, compared to $8.1 million, or $0.20 cents per share, in the same quarter last year, an increase in net income of 35%. The effective income tax rate for the quarter was 22%, compared to 18% in the prior, period, prior year period. The income tax rate in the prior year quarter was favorably impacted by the recognition of deferred tax assets and increase in earnings in jurisdictions with lower tax rates. Excluding the recognition of the deferred tax assets, the effective income tax rate for the prior year quarter was 20%. The automotive solution segment experienced an 11% increase in sales in the first quarter, or an increase of 7.8 million to 76.1 million from 68.3 million in the first quarter last year. The increase compares favorably to an overall industry vehicle production volumes in North America and Europe, which are relatively flat in the quarter. Segment sales are supported by program launches, higher order volumes, favorable product mix, and higher tooling sales. First quarter pre-tax earnings in the automotive solution segment totaled $11.6 million, which is an increase of $3.6 million, or 45%, over the same quarter last year. Key factors in this segment's improved margins include improved cost absorption with higher sales, cost reductions, improved operational efficiencies, and favorable product mix. In addition, the prior year quarter segment pre-tax profits were negatively impacted by adverse exchange rate movements, the impact of the General Motors strike, and certain program launch cost inefficiencies. The casting and extrusion segment recorded sales of $45.3 million in the first quarter compared to $52 million last year, a decrease of $6.8 million or 
The sales decline is mainly driven by the deterioration of general economic conditions due to the impact of COVID-19, changes in product mix and delivery timing, as well as lower steel costs generally. Although sales were down compared to the first quarter 2020, sequentially, sales were up 5.8 million or 15% compared to the fourth quarter of 2020. This 15% quarter over quarter increase reflects demand across large mold, extrusion, and the cast tool groups. Pre-tax earnings in the casting extrusion segment improved by $300,000 or 7% over the same quarter last year. This represents a 25% increase in pre-tax profit margin in the segment. The earnings improvement was driven by improved fixed cost absorption with more balanced sales across extrusion divisions and favorable product mix shifts at cast tool. Exco generated cash from operating activities of $9.6 million during the quarter and $4.6 million of free cash flow after $5 million in net capital expenditures. This cash flow was more than sufficient to fund $3.7 million of dividends. Exco ended the quarter with $26.5 million in net cash and $75 million in available liquidity, including $35.2 million of balance sheet cash, continuing its practice of maintaining a very strong balance sheet and liquidity position. Exco's financial position remains very strong. As such, the company's balance sheet and availability under the existing credit facility allows considerable flexibility to support strategic capital spending, dividends, share buybacks, and other opportunities that may arise. That concludes my comments. We can now transition to the question and answer portion of the call. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder to ask a question, you will need to press the start and the one key on your touchdown telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. I'm sure we have a question coming from the line of David Ocampo from Comark Securities. Your line is open. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, David. So, Darren, I think your guidance last quarter was, you know, to outpace the automotive industry by around 5 to 10 percent. So if I had to break that up between, you know, market share gains and, and just vehicles getting larger, how should we square that up? Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for the question, David. You know, it is it is difficult to uh, to give you a complete breakdown uh, on that. I mean, there's a number of moving factors that are, are going on there. Um, as I mentioned last quarter, we we did kind of expect to get to the upper uh, level of that range, and you know, the, there's the vehicle production was flat, and then you know we did have a number of, of new program launches, um, and those program launches. Um, we're on a number of vehicles that were refreshed and then had a bit of a sales boost uh, from that effort. Uh, there was also uh, some inventory restocking going on, um, which uh, had gone in the other direction in our fourth quarter of 2020. And to some uh, degree, we believe that uh, the supply chain is, is, is bolstering up their inventory levels to, uh, I guess, prepare for any disruption from uh, from COVID, given the um, emergence of uh, other variants and, and things like that, um, you know, I, I, I'd struggle to quantify uh, each of those for you, but uh, you know, some of each. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. Uh, and probably let's zero in on the margins in, in automotive solutions since it was quite strong. You know, is is this sort of that new norm that you guys can expect going forward, or or can it actually go much higher as those lower margin contracts begin to roll off? Like what, what's the delta between the new, the new margin contract and the old ones? Uh, 
I'd like to think it's a new norm. I don't want to get that uh, aggressive with, with any guidance. Uh, I mean, we, we do have uh, some other programs that are launching this year uh, that, you know, may have some front-end uh, compression associated uh, with them. But, uh, you know, to the, to the extent that overhead absorption has uh, improved uh, significantly in this quarter, you know, to the extent that uh, the, the mix and uh, the volume levels remain where they are, uh, there's certainly no reason why we, we can't continue to enjoy such good margins like this. Okay. And Matt, what was the split on the, the government assistance that you guys had in the quarter? I know it was, it was pretty small, but by segment, it would be great. Uh, it's just over 450000 in the quarter. It was in our last note in the financial statements. Yeah, what's the uh, the split between casting extrusion and automotive um, solutions? I'm going to say, yeah, about two-third, one-third, two-thirds uh, cast, uh, casting extrusion. Yeah, that's great. I'll, I'll handle the call over. And as a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, please press star 1. Our next question coming from the line of Peter Sklar with VMO Capital Markets. Your line is open. Yeah, uh, good morning, Darren and Matthew. Um, Darren, in your commentary where you were discussing electric vehicles and kind of the dynamics that underlie that you you threw out a statistic of 10 to 15 percent could you I, I didn't quite catch that could you explain that what that represents is that your powertrain exposure yeah that's that's roughly the powertrain exposure and uh you know you can assume that's uh you know a good piece of the large mold group and, and some of cast tool okay so that's largely making dies for engine blocks and uh transmission covers and plus some consumables out of cast oil. Is that how we should think about it? Yeah, yeah, that's how you should think about it. I mean, it's a, it's a relatively small portion uh, of, of the business now. Um, but uh, as I also mentioned, uh, you know, the, the powertrain uh, work that we, we have is, is, is ongoing. Uh, in fact, in, in the quarter, uh, while uh, the large mole group has continued to have some revenue suppression, as a delayed impact of COVID, uh, the the order flow is is substantial. I mean, we've we've been running with uh, uh, book to bill or, or order flow compared to sales of about 50% higher, and uh, we we expect to uh, to start shipping on that in the, in the quarter ahead. So uh, you'll you'll see some revenue pickup, and and, and that okay. uh, that order flow is uh, is is across the board, and uh, certainly some powertrain stuff, but uh, non-powertrain. Uh, components as well, and uh, several new customers, I will add. Okay. Um, uh, on this, uh, like this new kind of cast tool expansion plant in Morocco, like given that you've had the experience in Thailand, I assume, building an equivalent kind of operation, can you talk about, like, so you know, like in Thailand, just how did the ramp go? Did, you know, like how long, how long does it take to how long does it take to build up? Um, uh, you know, how long before break even? You know, can you put it in the context? Does, it, does Thailand help you put that in a context as to what the maturity curve looks like? Well, you know, uh, it's going to be for, it's going to be tough to give you guidance on that, uh, Peter. Um, you know, the the, the Castool Moroccan uh, plant expansion is is all about uh, taking uh, additional market share. 
uh, in the European market. And uh, I guess, you know, to the extent that we're, uh, we're successful, um, as we expect to be, that ramp will be fast. And uh, if not, it'll be a little slower. But, you know, generally these uh, plants, if I, if I look at our uh, Mexican extrusion plant, uh, we were uh, EBITDA positive uh, in, in the first year. And uh, it's, it, it's pretty much um, um, positive profitability uh, at this point. So uh, there, there, there is, uh, I, I think we're pretty optimistic that that ramp is, is going to go uh, pretty well, but we'll have to wait and see. But do you supply, like, like do you supply European diecasters from Castool here in Uxbridge? Or do they have uh, to go know, out we, and we find We do them? sell into Europe for both diecast and, and extrusion uh, from, uh, from Uxbridge. And uh, for the larger uh, uh, extrusion uh, capital components, we really can't be competitive. And when, when you don't get that uh, relationship on the capital side, it's, it's hard to follow through on the consumable side. Uh, and, and, you know, even on the die-cast side, we're at a competitive disadvantage due to distance. And uh, so uh, we, we, we do sell into Europe. It's, it's not a huge part of our, uh, of our revenue uh, for, for Castool, and, and, and this will open up the avenue to, uh, to improve that. Okay. And then lastly, Darren, like in your commentary, you said that um, you're happy to build up cash, you know, for the right opportunities. And when you referenced opportunities, are you talking about acquisitions or are you talking about, you know, building new plants similar to the this new Moroccan facility or all of the above? When you think of uh, all, opportunities, all of the above. Uh, you know, we we've had a, a long track record of, of um, greenfield growth, and you know, the, the Moroccan plant is uh, is the latest one. But uh, it's too early for uh, me to announce uh, what we're thinking of here. But uh, we're we're certainly thinking of uh, new greenfield investment opportunities uh, from the demand that we see, and uh, you know we continue to look out uh, for acquisitions. Okay. Oh, and just sorry, one other question on this new plant in Morocco. Like, who at Exco is taking the leadership and launching this? Is it is it Paul Robbins, similar to what yeah, he Paul, did in Paul Thailand? And his, Paul and his team at uh, at Castro. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks very much. Thanks, Peter. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star 1. I'm showing no further questions at this time. Okay. Uh, with that, I guess we uh, can move to conclude the call. I appreciate uh, everyone's uh, time this morning. look forward to talking to you again next quarter. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't got conference for today. Thank you for your participation. You may all disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.